Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. Welcome to Purpose Driven Sobriety. Welcome to Purpose Driven Sobriety. My name is Christine and I am an alcoholic. I want to thank Miss Rachel Cheryl for sponsoring today's episode. Um, Rachel is a is a good friend to um, people in recovery and, and she uh, she's very um, very active in, in participating and supporting recovery. And I thank you, Miss Rachel Cheryl, for sponsoring this episode. Today um, I have a friend, a new friend. We've been talking for, for a couple of weeks now, um, Chris V. Um, Chris and I met on um, a recovery, I say a recovery page, kind of, sort of, um, but you run a, a Facebook page that um, is very inspirational, um, and you've got, you've got a little bit of a following, a little bit, Yeah. A little bit, a little bit. You think, um, but but he had posted something, and and I, I'm sure I, I can't remember what dumbass comment I made or something. But we started a little dialogue about um, recovery, and and I didn't know by your Facebook page because the Facebook page is called Motion. That's M O T I O N Motion. Um, so be sure to look that up. Um, and that you just you post daily and sometimes throughout the day just some good tidbits of to remind us who we are, where we came from, and and where our power comes from, and what have you. But um, you agreed to come on to the show because we have a we have a shared. What's the word, Chris? We have a shared concern about how recovery is sometimes presented on the internet as far as, um, you know, social media and stuff like that goes. So, um, yeah, thank you for being here. Thank you for, for agreeing to come on to the show. I really am grateful to you. Yeah, I appreciate I appreciate the opportunity. And as you uh, said, I do run a page motion for recovery and uh, interesting story behind that. Um, 2018 is when I started that, and uh, throughout my endeavors as an alcoholic, we ended up losing everything and being in a homeless shelter. And I started Motion for Recovery on the Obama phone using Wi-Fi because I didn't have, I didn't have internet, I didn't have anything. And uh, one thing that I noticed about uh, recovery being portrayed on social media it was uh it seemed like it was all glam i called it glam covery so is that what made you start the page i mean because i'm i'm curious yeah. what your thinking was were you active just on social media beforehand Before um, a, a little bit but you know in my recovery i wanted to take all the tools that were available to me not just aa but Surrounding myself with uh, good people, going to church, uh, talking with others, volunteering. Uh, I think recovery has to be a well-rounded. Sure. I don't think you can just have, I visualize it as a triangle, that you need a good foundation on all three points in order to be successful in recovery. And since social media is so prominent in everyone's lives, I just wasn't seeing any encouragement on social media. It was, it was all glam. It was all people that were, and you know, and good for them. They're like after three days and they're holding up peace signs. And I feel so great, man. After 30 days, I couldn't take a proper shit right mm -mm. or even think straight. Mm -mm. And I still wanted to be not so much, but I still wanted to kill myself or kill someone else around me. I mean, I was, yeah, hanging on. Yeah. I just didn't in. see, I just didn't see a platform where people were really talking about what happens in the recovery. reality it's not all fluffy puppy dogs and glam and 
And, you know, that that's great and everything, but I also think that that could be dangerous for somebody that is just starting out in recovery and they're not plugged into the recovery community in real life. Right. And then they think they're doing something wrong or it's not going to work for them. And, and Lord only knows what happens to them. But, yeah, the reality and then of they're it. Right, then they're right back out. And uh, today's different than it was 30 years ago. Oh, People die. Man, man. And we've lost. I, I, I've lost count of how many people we've lost in the past two years, and it's 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 scary. I, I don't like to say to somebody that, you know, well, if you don't like it, go back out. And, well, people go back out and they die. They never come back. Yep. They don't they don't come back. They're not going to come back. You know, we always say keep coming back. Well, some people just they're not going to be coming back. And it's a it's a very dangerous world out there today with the drugs and the alcohol and just the scene that's out right on the streets today it's not like it was 20 years ago well i gotta tell you one of the things that i noticed because you've got and and i i don't know if i'm in a building that i don't know if i can pull it up how many followers do you have on motion right now i have two hundred sixty-seven thousand followers and each week i reach about 31 million people there you go so so and and i'm in i don't know how many recovery pages you know that that i'll i'll dip into or contribute to or what have you but I got to tell you, nine out of ten of the ones that I'm in, um, and and I've I've not wit- I've not witnessed this at all in motion in the motion page, <laughs> um, but but on on so many of those sites, there are such assholes in recovery that someone will post, you know. Um, I'm, I'm a month sober and I can't stop thinking about, you know, alcohol or whatever their vice is. And people will attack them. I mean, and basically say, well, if you were doing what you're supposed to do or, you know, uh, just instead of having compassion and remembering what it was like at that stage of their recovery. And usually it's what we call in recovery world old timers, you know, that have some time under their belt that quite frankly should know better um, that are shaming these newbies because they're having normal reality symptoms of of re- early recovery. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. And what we don't hear about is, okay, how are people supposed to live in recovery and deal with everyday shit that mm-hmm. happens every day? Like just because you had stopped drinking and you hear an old timer, well, you need to read the big book. Well. You know, when when I got sober in 2016, you know, this wasn't my first round in AA. I've been in AA since the mid-90s, and I've I've done the steps, and I've read the big book, and, and I wanted to, to say, I want to shove that big book up your ass. Right. I need to know what I need to do to, how, how do I deal with this? How do I I'm make it through the, yeah, how do I make it through the next couple of hours? I mean, yes. just, you know, let alone a day. And, and, and I, I remember sitting at, at, a, at a recovery table and just thinking there is no possible way that a fucking book could solve the kind of problem. I, I, I was going through seizures whenever I would try to stop drinking. And yes. so, so you're telling me I just need to get the book and I just need to read a book. Bullshit bullshit there is no no i i was i needed a medical procedure i needed a team of doctors i needed to i needed something i didn't have a clue what it was but it sure the hell wasn't read a book you know and it just that yeah man there's so many that's what i love about your page is that it's it's not unrealistic fluff i don't see in the comments i have not witnessed shaming or you know um it's almost bullying in on some, and I got to tell you, there's one page, and you and I'll talk off off mic, uh, you know, about oh. that one. But there's but there's one page, and they actually sponsored a show early on of of purpose driven sobriety, and I love the guy who started it. But it's it's almost gotten out of control to where you know it's gotten so big that he can't you know he can't police everybody. But just the right. awful things, people leaving the page just because they're, you know, they feel like they're being shamed for having real reactions early on in recovery. Well, what it, what it comes down to is I, I don't think people should rely on social media as their, oh, their sure. main cornerstone yeah. of recovery. And, yeah. and that's what we're seeing because we have a whole generation of individuals in their in their early 20s, late teens, uh, sometimes even early 30s that they grew up on social media. This was 
this is how they communicate, communicate with the rest of the world is via social media. And it's, it's an unrealistic expectation. Mm -hmm. You need to be with a real person. You need to talk with a real person. You right. need to talk with somebody that has been going through this. You need to talk with somebody that's built their life from, from nothing, got their license back, took care of all the bullshit and the consequences that came with it and dealt with staying sober and have that as your mentor, not a social media page. And well, that's, and then, and that, and that's then, what I see in social media. Right. And then you throw 2020 on top of that where, you know, liquor stores were essential, but we weren't permitted to, to go to, to recovery meetings. Right. So, so which I'm, I'm, I'm grateful that zoom was a thing and, and I'm grateful zoom is a thing. Now I'm with you on zoom. You're, you're in California, right? I'm in Texas. Yeah. So th this is a beautiful way for you and I to have an eye to eye conversation, you know, but just like you said, Chris, you know, uh, the, the program of recovery was not meant it to be done through a screen. It was meant to be knee to knee, soul to soul, you know, guts to guts, not, you know, not filtered through a screen, you know, and albeit that, that I believe that this, I believe that social media and, and whatnot is a tool. I think it is a tool that you, but I think when you go into it, as far as contributing, not trying to get your, your recovery out of it, but contributing what you're learning for the next person who's, you know, behind you coming up in recovery. Right, right. Yeah. And I don't see any pages that people are just raw and honest. Nope. And I've gotten, I've gotten banned from several major sobriety pages just because I've been raw and honest about that. They've actually banned me. Because mm, mm -mm. sometimes I can be a little too, I, I can be harsh with my rawness and my honesty when I speak. Right. <laughs> And well, sometimes that doesn't go over very well with, mm -mm. A, with a lot of people. A lot, a lot of times people don't want to hear that. They want to hear the amens and the keep coming back and the congratulations. And instead of saying, hey, are you plugged into anybody? Did you, have you called anybody? Right. Did you, did you, know, you have where, you been what, to a meeting? What city? I've even gone as far as saying, well, what city are you from? And look up all the AA meetings. Look up intergroups. Yep. I've done the same call. thing. Just call. Just get right. somebody. Somebody will call you back yeah. and give you connections to go meet for some coffee and people don't want to hear that a lot of people don't want to hear that they want an easier softer way right and there's no such thing and it's killing it's killing people it's killing people there isn't and my story is a lot like like yours my uh i ended up in the hospital for 11 days in the icu because i had a seizure mm. i tried to quit drinking and after a couple probably eight nine hours of after my last drink i had a a seizure and ended up in the hospital. Mm -mm -mm. Yeah. And that's, that's not where you needed someone to go keep coming back or have you been at a meeting? Yeah, you know, I already knew that it is. Yeah. It had, it, like I said, I had been in, you know, multiple rehabs. I've been in AA and, and I knew exactly what I did when I fell off that wagon two years before that. I, you know, a lot of people say, I don't know what happened. I'll call them out on that bullshit. You know exactly, exactly what happened. We're not, yes. we're not stupid. We're not stupid. We don't have time. Yeah, we don't have time for, for yeah, that those games anymore. No, no. When I when I went and I got that first bottle, I knew exactly what I was doing. I knew exactly where it would lead to. And frankly, I didn't give a rat's ass. Mm -hmm. And I knew what how it was going to end. This, in the back of my mind, I'm like, this is not going to end well. And. I did it anyway. I mean, so when people say, you know, I don't know what happened. Yeah. Yeah, you do. You're you know just not happened. willing to admit it. And you know what? That reminds me, Chris, I, uh, early, early on within the first month or two of, of in, in one of the recovery rooms, someone yeah. had said, yeah, wh what does they say? The definition of insanity, doing the same thing over and over again, uh, expecting different re results. No, no. He, he said, and I remember who said it. He said, the definition of insanity in my world is doing the same thing over and over again, knowing what's going to happen and doing it anyway. You know, right. that is, that is the, the guts of addiction and the disease of addiction. I mean, you, in a, on a soul level, you know, what's going to happen, but it's, no. it's like, it's cunning, baffling and powerful. You, you can't yeah. you know, left to your own devices. You can't control it. Yeah, absolutely. Another thing what I don't hear pages talk about, and um, I'm sure you've heard about this post-acute withdrawal syndrome. Ugh. And this was something that wasn't, 
I didn't hear this discussed until uh, 2016 when uh, we had started going to meetings and different uh, different support groups and and I didn't hear about this in the early 2000s and in the 90s and you know I didn't know what post acute withdrawal syndrome was and people still don't talk about that and when you talk about it on these sober pages you get hated on right so for people so for people that are listening you don't talk about it right so for people that are listening which believe it or not i do have um we do have a lot of listeners that that aren't aren't one of us you know but they're still getting some good stuff out of the out of the show so for people who don't understand what what that is define that for them post-acute withdrawal syndrome is uh, how i think about it is how long it takes your brain to normalize the normal chemicals that you should be having in your brain. And it's going to be a roller coaster. Uh, mm-hmm. Sometimes it can take up to a year, sometimes two years before your brain chemistry finally normalizes back to what it was before you started drinking. Or drugging. And it, mm-hmm. will, it will go in cycles. Uh, a lot of times you hear uh, the 90 day mark. That's the, in uh, AA, I always heard the your three months. Yeah, 90 meetings the crucial, in 90 days. The crucial yeah. period. The crucial period. Well, there's a reason behind that because that's when you've reached that pink cloud and now those chemicals will start to go down and they actually will dip down and you can go into a, a depression, moodiness, and you're more likely to relapse at that three three month mark. And mm-hmm. that's one of the symptoms of post-acute withdrawal. Mm. And it takes it takes a while. And I'm not saying that to scare off people that are in recovery. You have to realize you didn't do this damage to your brain in 30, 60, 90 days. It's going to take a minute. Well, it's and when take you know a for everything to get back to normal. Right. And when you but but I pre, that's what I love about you, Chris, is you're willing to talk about it because it, the, for the person who is out there, who's who's at 45 days or 60 days and they are on what's called we, we you know, in recovery, we call it the pink cloud where, you, you know, all the world seems to be going great now. It's going great. I'm sober. And and it's like, OK, but life is going to continue to do life. And, and, you know, odds are something's going to happen when you know that there's a possibility that you could have these feelings after 90 days. And when they happen, maybe they aren't quite as profound when you've acknowledged that that's a possibility, you know, and you, you're aware of it is, I guess, what I'm trying to say. Yeah, a lot of and a lot of people aren't aware of that. And then all of a sudden, you know, life, life kicks your ass and all of a sudden you drop you know, your emotions drop swing a lot more than what they were if you were if you were normalized. And uh, we don't talk about that. And all of a sudden, doesn't talk about that at all. And all of a sudden, the program doesn't work. And it's like, no, the program does work. It does work. This is a normal thing you're going through. The program just keep, that's where the keep coming back. It's like, no, no, I just need you to hang on. You're just in a little bitty season. This will, this may, this too will suck, but this too will pass. Just hang tight. It's going to, you know, keep doing the deal. The program does work, but you're right. So many people who are unaware of that, of that feeling that can possibly, you know, happen that is so real that sends so many people out claiming that recovery doesn't work. Right. And it's amazing uh, when you work with somebody and you explain the post-acute and you explain what's coming up and you can explain why they're feeling this way and then say, and then say, just keep coming back. Just keep hanging on. This isn't forever. Right. You got to you got to ground people. You have to remind them. Sometimes people just want validation. Mm-hmm. That's they want validation, not go home and read your big book. Right. That yeah, they yeah, that's that's when you need to hold on to the program the most is when you have those right. feelings and get with your people, get with your in into the meetings. You know, hope hopefully you're smart enough, i.e. I was not, um, to have gotten a sponsor by then and be doing some work where the sponsor can right. walk with you through those feelings and remind you that this is a this is a normal process of coming out of this. You know, the the uh, acute part of the disease. You know, um, but yeah, that's, man, I, isn't it amazing how you can just go back, like, it's like the twilight zone. You can go back there in a second, those feelings of just, 
um, dis- despair, thinking briefly that the program didn't work and, you know, it's not working for me. It may work for all of those people, but it's not working for me. When in reality, I was just simply feeling the normal, you know, cycle of recovery. Right, right. We were uh, very blessed. Uh, first couple of years into our sobriety, we attended a, a meeting every Saturday. Uh, it was called Sober Support. And mm. this was on top of all the AA meetings that we had attended. And uh, during this meeting, we talked about stuff like this. We talked about post-acute. Uh, it wasn't AA-centered. If you wanted to talk about AA, that was great. If you wanted to talk about a doorknob as your higher power, that was also good. There was no shaming. Uh, it was popcorn style. You brought everything to the table, and it was real, and it was raw. And mm. that helped a lot of people. And that was on top of you know going to AA. But what we had discussed in sober support it was almost like it was taboo in AA and AA. We didn't want to, nobody wanted to talk about the post acute or the medical side of this disease. And it is a disease. Oh, hundred percent. A hundred percent. And it's, it's chronic. It's chronic. It meaning it, it never, it, the disease itself never goes away. You can control the symptoms, you know, with what I right. call, what right. I call the medicine, which is working a program. The, for me, it's the program. Um, but, but yeah, you, you stop taking the medicine and those symptoms come back. You know, how much time do you have now? How- um, September 18th, 2016 was Got my it. last drink. Got it. So I'll be coming upon seven years in September. That's amazing. That's amazing. The, uh, obsession to drink is, is gone. That was, it was different this time when I got out of the hospital, I was, a. I was a completely changed man. I had completely surrendered to to God this time. And I'd never done that before. I, I thought I had, but it's, you know, being close to death changes your perspective immensely. I imagine. Like completely, completely. I mean, this this time I got it. I, I'm listening wow. <laughs> loud and clear. Wow. So I'm, I'm grateful for that. that uh, I didn't have any cravings no obsession. And I know I, I can't drink again. I mean, there's, there's certain lines that we cross in our addiction and this is one that I can't cross again. I'm not going to make it back. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. Me neither. I mean, yeah. you know, there were, I, you know, I, how many years did I say, well, I'll never drink in the morning and pretty soon what am I doing? I'm drinking in the morning cause I can't function. Mm-hmm. So let's go back to when you started, when you started motion, you said you were, you said you were homeless. So were you, were you just wanting a place to contribute things you were learning at the time or what was your, what was your motivation behind starting the motion page? I just wanted, well, the the original motive behind that was to get some money coming in so that we could help support the homeless shelter. I, I wanted to help with the, uh, the meals monthly to be able to have it uh, something catered in for the homeless shelter uh, because each each week churches will sign up and give meals, daily meals, seven days a week. And uh, there were many times during the week that we didn't have a meal. Nobody catered anything in. Oh, wow. And, and so after I had gotten out and, you know, I had gotten a job, uh, we would just call up and have something catered in for all, you know, 40 or 20. 20, 30, whoever was in the shelter, we'd have a meal catered in. And so one of the reasons why I had originally started Motion was to try to build up a following and get donations so that we could do that for them each month. And uh, that did, it's, people don't like to give money like that. Yeah. And so it just turned into just daily encouragement, just daily encouragement. And it's all Christian based. It's all, it's, I'm all about God on Motion. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I will mention recovery. Uh, there's a significant amount of recovery that is on motion, but I try to keep the recovery, what I call the recovery drama and bullshit out of it. I don't want that in motion. Motion's right. a safe place to where if you open up motion, you're going to get a daily dose of, of hope. Right. You know, we had people encourage us and that's what I try to do on motion. Well, and, and just by the following, it's clear that, that you have, you've accomplished yeah. you have accomplished. And what was behind, I, when we, we had an initial phone conversation a couple of weeks ago, to r- remind me where the name came from for the page. 
Motion to be God's hands and feet requires motion. And I, I think that's 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 very important. If you, I tell people, if you want to see miracles, go to a homeless shelter, volunteer. Mm -hmm. If you want to see miracles, go to a detox ward and talk to some people that are grateful to be alive. Right. You know, you have to get, you have to get, you have to love people where people are at. Right. You know, some of the the most profound conversations I've ever had have been standing in line for soup kitchens. Wow. Talking with the individuals that were in there, some of the most gracious people. I mean, I, I stood in line at a, a soup kitchen one time and we didn't have any cigarettes. And there was this guy. He didn't have nothing. What he did have was he had a bag of tobacco and some papers and he rolled up about 20 cigarettes and gave it to us. Just he didn't have anything. And he was like, yeah, I can give you some cigarettes. And that uh, that touched me right there i'm like here here's a guy here that has less than what i have and he's, and he's giving he's giving me something and he's happy about it and he's happy and he seems content and everybody's smiling and talking and i'm like that i want that mm. and they don't have anything and that's that's what struck me is all the the stuff that all the bullshit the that i've had throughout my whole life and the most content that I can ever remember has been having those conversations when we didn't have anything. And that, right. that taught me right there that stuff can't bring you happiness. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's the, it's the lack thereof and, and all kinds of, yeah, different people killing themselves, trying to, trying to obtain yes. Yes. Those material things. And, and again, that's why a lot of people drink and drug, you know, from the yep. stress of it and the, just the yeah the weight of it all yeah they're trying to fill something that that is not going to fill so what would you say would be you know for the person who's who's white knuckling it that's um you know seeking advice on social media and what have you what would you what would you say to that person i would say that they need to get they need to get plugged into a recovery community to not to not just solely rely on social media. Yeah, social media is good to it's good to pass the time, but that's that doesn't take place of an, an actual live human being. It doesn't take place to somebody picking you up and having coffee and talking with you and say, "Listen, I know what you're going through. I'm, I hear you." Well, and listening to you without judgment. Yeah, because you're not going to get that on social media. Social media is colored for the likes and the traffic, and and you're not that you're not going to find what you're looking for on social media. Well, and most of the time, you're not going to find it in your own household or in your own family. No, no, you you really need to pick up that phone and get in contact with somebody. You need you need to get plugged in people, places, and things. You can't escape that on social media. That's what I think a lot of people don't understand is uh, in recovery, you have to change people, places, and things. Right. And picking up that phone isn't going to change the people and places and things. Well, and staying behind that computer screen or that phone that your iPad or whatever that you're on social media is not going. You, I, yeah, there's so many people that, that I know that have come into to the rooms, you know, in where I am that, you know, tried to do the zoom meetings and tried to do, and they just, they stayed drunk and drugged. I mean, they, yeah. you know, it's like, that's, that's not how, that's not how the program was intended to be worked. No, no. It's life it's, is still out there. Life doesn't stop because you're, you're hiding on social media. Life right. is still out there. And, and in order to be successful in recovery, you have to learn how to navigate real life, not social media. And real people, yeah, and real people. You know, they're, real people. they're still, they're still, I mean, uh, you know, um, there's still a good number of people. Yeah, I've got basically two home groups. Still a, a good number of people that haven't returned that, you know, I'm, I'm just, I'm doing Zoom these days and I'm just thinking, okay, to each his own. But right. I don't know. I mean, I I don't know how you're doing it. I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. I mean, I, I got to tell you that it was about two weeks after they, you know, air quote, shut the country down. And um, we, Rick and I, my husband and I own a building here in Waco. Where, uh, they 
We have people that lease space. And I have a conference room that, that I host. I say I host a, a, a women's uh, meeting there every Saturday. And so we had to, because it, at the time, in that moment, it was the right thing to do to shut the building down because we didn't know what was happening. I mean, we just didn't have a clue. And so there went two Saturdays or so without without meetings, and, and Rick came and sat down beside me um, one morning and had tears in his eyes, and he said, you have to do something. And I, I kind of looked at him. I said, what are you, what are you talking about? And he said, you've, you've, you've got to somehow get meetings going. I'm worried about you. I haven't been this scared for you since before you got sober. And that was just a ton of bricks that hit me. And I thought, shit, if he's seeing that in me, clearly I was not seeing it in myself and the disease was was coming right back. And so I got on the I got on the phone and, and did a mass text to all the girls and I said, Here's the deal. I will be there at ten thirty this morning. I would rather die in your presence than die without having my support. I I just I have to I have to get with you people. We have to we have to be there for each other. And so that meeting, I think, quite frankly, even to date, had the most women in it because the, everybody just needed that contact, you know. Um, uh, and so, and it it killed a lot of people too, not being able to, you know, participate in their recovery. It did. I I tried the Zoom for a little bit, and it just wasn't it just wasn't the same at all. At all. at all, yeah, I I copped a huge resentment towards Zoom. As a matter of fact, I canceled my I canceled my uh, my subscription. You know, shortly after that, and I thought, fuck that. Great, great. We have got to get back in person. I mean, we we need each other. We need eye contact. We need to the, breathe the same air. There's just something magical with about being with people that understand you. You know, which is what I searched for my entire life. And I found that in, in the rooms of recovery. I, I found my people. For the first time in my life, I found where I belonged. And that was that, that was basically, you know, to no one's uh, fault, but in 2020 was taken away from us for, for a brief period of time. Right. You know? And some people have, have now, and, and again, it, it's just my opinion. You're welcome to agree or disagree as you so choose. Um, but I think some people are using that as a crutch now to just, you know, um, just kind of, I don't know what they're doing. I think they're using it as a crutch to to stay out of the the rooms, you know, of recovery. Well, a lot of people in addiction are isolationists, right? And it's it's really really easy to isolate, and you know, I can even do that, mm-hmm. and I get comfortable with that. I get complacent with that, where you know, I don't want I don't want to go out. And I have to, I have to make myself go out and that's real easy. And the, I think the pandemic uh, shed a light on how easy that is to do and how hard it is to get back out when things open back up. Mm-hmm. I mean, even, even today here in, here in San Jose, you know, when we moved here, I wasn't plugged into the recovery community and I'm, I'm trying to get plugged back into it. I haven't found quote, my people yet. Right. And that's going to require going to different meetings until I find my people. So, and you know what, let's talk, let's talk about that real quick. Cause I, I don't think we've talked about that on the show. What is that? What, because I know that there's going to be people that, that are in that exam that don't have set almost seven years that are new that, that, you know, they tried a meeting and they either felt like they didn't belong or they, they, for whatever yeah. reason, let's, let's, so Go into that a little bit more about what, what do you yes, mean? Yes, there's uh, a lot of the meetings that I've gone to here in uh, San Jose. Uh, they do it a little different here in California. They have somebody speak for like 15 minutes, and then they have people go up to the podium and comment. And mm. uh, two of the meetings that I've gone to, whoever's speaking, they call on their buddies. It's not like you can raise your hand. And so it's the same people it's the same cronies, the same old timers, and you feel ostracized. Yeah, or you from feel it. left out, and it's 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 defeating. Yeah. Uh, there's been uh, a couple other meetings that I've gone to uh, in downtown San Jose, and it's kind of in a sketchy part of town. But these these are more my people, and you just have to keep going to different meetings, and you have to try it. 
It's like, think of it going to a grocery store. If you've got 20 grocery stores to choose from, uh, there's going to be some of them that you just don't like the way they're set up. Right. You don't like the way that they're run. You don't know, like the way that they're look. And you find one that you like and you keep going back to that. I, I think that's the same way with AA meetings, that if you have a lot of meetings to choose from, try them out. Sample find them. one that fits. Go to, the ones, go to the ones that find that fit, that the people will actually come up and introduce themselves and it, you have a good feeling when they introduce it's not a you're not getting a, a robot that is just shaking your hand hey how, how you doing they'll actually say how how are you doing right well or even go a step farther and, and ask for your phone number you know hopefully right. hopefully it's women to women men to men that that's i do believe in that um but but you know they they want to they're i what i hear you saying chris is they're genuinely interested Yes. In you being yes. there now, I think you also have to be cautious to not um, not expect you know uh, rainbows and unicorns to to pop out of the table you know at, at meetings. You're still in a recovery meeting, so you're not supposed to feel 100 percent comfortable for a minute, right? But right. as long as you don't feel just like you said ostracized or you know left out, um, you you know, and I think what I, at least what I encourage people to do newbies um well for al-anon and um i don't i don't go to al-anon but i have family members that that have and need to um but i encourage go to six meetings and and i pulled that out of my butt i I don't know why but go to six meetings and then judge it you know you you might have caught it on an off day you know give it a couple of of chances a couple of tries before you you know decide that's just not for me because yeah you're exactly right there's there's several several we've got a bunch of meetings there's a lot of recovery in waco texas um and there's just some meetings that i just i feel more at at home you know um, with than others. I mean, it's just, it's just a personal preference, but that yes. doesn't mean the program doesn't work if you're not, cause you, you know, I, I love it. One of the guys in, 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 in my original home group, you know, he says, this is not well people's anonymous, right? You're coming right. into a room of sick ass people, you know? Um, so you can't, you can't expect everybody to, to, to be on their absolute best behavior manner wise and, and, you know, all of that. I mean, you're still coming into a room with alcoholics and addicts that, um, but it's, yeah, it's, you got to keep trying them on until you find the one that fits and not use that. What I'm trying to say is not use that as an excuse to not stay seated, you know, right. Um, right. To, to not go into a meeting and sit right. You got to, you, you got to give it a chance. Yeah. Yeah. If you want the benefits of it. Yeah. Like in real life, we're not going to like everybody that we meet. No, not everybody's going to be our best friends. Mm-hmm. You know, how many people do you know and how many people would you consider, you know, close friends? And I'm, I'm sure it's a significant number. That and it's I, the yeah. same way with AA meetings. Mm-hmm. If you have a lot of meetings to choose from, you know, shop around a little bit. Find which one that feels right for you, that's helpful for you. And claim your chair. Claim yes. your chair. Because you have just as much right to have your ass in one of those chairs than anybody else sitting in there. And literally, if you're anything like me and what it sounds like with you, Chris, too, your life depends on it. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And you're, you know, and and to go even further, 11 years later for me, my joy, my peace, and my happiness depends on me not, you know, feeling comfortable in a meeting and, and continuing to, to do recovery, you know, cause I get to do this for the rest of my life. Right. And I'm so grateful right. for that. I'm at, I'm at the point now where if I get the opportunity to speak at the meeting, I'm just real and raw. And, and what I've noticed is the people that speak before me are all big book pounders and fluffers. And, and I'll get up there and I'll, I'll throw down F bombs and I'll, I'll, I'll tell you exactly how this is. And mm-hmm. what I've noticed is everybody that speaks after me are more real and raw after they hear me being real and raw. Right. Well, and I, that's, that's what I try to bring to the meetings is that, you know, we're not up here to quote slogans out of the big book and, and feel good stuff out of the big book and be real and raw. That's what this is all about. This mm-hmm. is what's going to help people mm-hmm. because that's what everybody is going through at that moment. 
Well, and haven't you, I mean, at least for me, haven't you found that having that type of mentality to just talk about the way it is? I mean, I, I don't, I don't cat- catastrophize, um, you know, when I, when I, but I also don't, don't glamorize. It, it's just the way it is. You know, um, and, and there's there's, you know, no no reason to to go into acting mode and there's no reason to go into, you know, Glinda, the good witch mode there. Just tell tell it like it is. And, and yeah, like like I said, that's one of the things I, that I appreciate about you. Yeah, being real and raw is that's what's going to help somebody not not quoting stuff out of the big book when deep and down inside you just want to say, motherfucker, I want to smash shit right, right. now. I'm right. not, I'm not happy. I'm pissed off and I'm angry at you. I'm angry at the world. I'm angry at this goddamn what do I TV. Do with that? What do I, cause I can't drink yeah, and drug it away. Do, yeah. Now what I, what do I, what do I do with this bullshit? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Instead of quoting a paragraph out of, out of the big book and smiling when deep down inside you want to smash something. Right. Well, and hope, you know, again, real and raw. right. Well, and again, hopefully that's where, you know, it, for, for me, it was, um, it took a major relapse for me to, cause I had been attending meetings and I did not get a sponsor because I'm smart, right? I can, I can, the, the steps were up on the wall. I could read them, you know? Um, and, and I did not get that sponsor. And before I know it, my last drunk was a Sam size bottle of Listerine you know, um, so, oh, uh, oh, it was bad. Yeah. Oh, dude, it was real bad. Um, yeah, I've done the Listerine yeah, program. It was, it was bad. But then I quickly, um, uh, you know, got, got a sponsor and, and that, that was the big difference because she, and still, she's still my sponsor today. Thank God. And, 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 and I do, I, I think that all of my answers are in that book, the big book of, of, of Alcoholics Anonymous. I believe that, that all of the answers to my problems are in that book, but I couldn't understand it. I, I, I couldn't that early on and it took me, it took her to, to, to read a sentence to me and go, now what this means to you is, you know, and put it right. in a in a way that I could understand it and then refer me back to that was on page 58 or what, you know, whatever the case may be so that she was, it was like, you know, feed, feed, uh, what is, what is this? Uh, feed a man to teach a man to fish, you know, give a man a fish, you feed him for a day, teach a man to fish, you feed him for a lifetime. She was teaching me what was in the book and, and, but she, to, to help save my life, she was telling me what it meant. Because I just didn't have the brain power to understand it at that point in right. time in my recovery. You know, I, I just, I was incapable of stopping the madness in my head long enough to even comprehend what that meant. Just to leave me alone with a book. If she would have done that, she'd have killed me. Yeah. Yeah. You know, just um, the clarity. It was seven, eight months before. My head even started to clear up. Yeah, I mean, we'd be we'd be sitting talking to people, and all of a sudden, I would look up at the ceiling, and I'm looking at the conduit, and I'm glitching out, and you know that happened for six, seven months after I stopped drinking. It I, it took a long time for the fog to clear out of my head, and that's what I I want people to understand is the longer that you drink, the longer it's going to take for that fog to lift, and if you don't stop. Man, you could end up with wet brain. It may never come oh, back. Oh man, I've I've met. I luckily uh, in my life I've only met one person. That was when I was in in treatment. Um, yeah, that was that was a oh my gosh, that was devastating to see. Yeah, absolutely. And they will never be the same. They, they are never going to get better. And that's a line that you know you're you're risking if you have this disease and you keep drinking. Mm-hmm. You risk that you're you're not going to come back from that. You know, one of the things recently that became very concerning to me on on especially one specific recovery page that you know there were um, I've seen over the past recent couple of months, you know, several people say, you know, I'm 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 three days, uh, you know, I'm three days sober, yay me. And, and I, and I, I, you know, graze through the comments and I don't see a, a single person saying, are you alone? Do you have someone near you? B- 
because that's that's primarily when DTs and and, and seizures can also start. Yes. You know, alcohol being the the only drug that can kill you when you try to stop using it. Even a few days later, and just like you said, talking about the other symptoms that could go on for weeks, months, you know, into into a, a, another year even. But but no one is giving them the warnings. And it's like, why would you, you know, they were happy and, and celebrating. Why would, it's like, because I'm freaking t- trying to tell them the truth. Don't right. be alone during this time. Have someone, go stay with someone, you know, until you know at least that you've got some type of a handle on it. You know, um, make sure your doctor knows. Make sure your, you know, the people that are close to you know to check on you. Um, nobody's telling people these things. No, no, they're not. And uh, you almost get shamed when you exactly try to tell people that. That, you know, this is dangerous. Uh, you know, trying to detox, depending on how many lines that you crossed, it's dangerous to detox by yourself. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's, yeah, that's why they, that's why they've got treatment centers, you know, to medically. Right. Well, that's why there's a medical detox. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what kind of program do you work today? Do you, you 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 live out in California. I do. Yeah. What 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 was the pro? Do you, do you still attend the the program you were talking about? Yeah, yeah. I still go to. I don't go to as many meetings as what I probably should with the the work that I do. But you know, I do my prayer in the morning. I post a motion. I get up pretty much at at three thirty every morning. Oh my goodness! I uh, do my pose. I listen to my Jesus music. Say my prayers get my post set up for the whole day. And uh, I try to keep my life as simple as I can today. I, uh, no bullshit, no drama. It takes work to keep things simple. Right. And I, I try to simplify my life as, as much as I can today. I don't like, I don't like things complicated. I don't like drama. Well, I, I appreciate what you contribute as far as, and, and like I said, it, and it was funny because I remember how, when I first reached out to you, um, I hadn't seen, I had seen a lot of faith-based posts on motion. I hadn't gone way back, but I, I didn't see anything specifically talking about recovery, but I remember private messaging you going, okay, dude, you've got to be in recovery. I just, <laughs> am I seeing that right? Cause I feel like you're talking my language. And I'll like, sneak I'll sneak some recovery talk in there now and again because there's a lot of people that are in recovery on motion but I, I try not to make it too up in your face just right. because I want to keep the recovery bullshit off of off of motion that's a it's an encouragement page right it's a solution and it's a, it's a it's a good place for somebody that is in recovery that just wants just wants some encouragement Reminders. that just wants some validation yep. it's it's a safe spot where nobody's going to judge you and i will ban your ass if you start drama right on my page and there's no questions i'm not going to argue with you i'm not going to message you i'll just ban you right i filter set up that uh you know you can't talk about politics i mean the filters on my page, I spend a, a lot of time setting up those filters to get rid of the scammers and the people that are, you know, the witch doctors that want to try oh, to golly, to post on my page and none of that gets through. And I update that at least at least once a week because that's a safe spot. Right. I don't tolerate any of that on motion. Well, just just the reminders, you know, just the just the reminders be sure to go in and like and follow motion you know because just, even just popping on to social media when you're sitting in a doctor's office just waiting you know w- whenever you're able to just pop on and and seeing a reminder that you know you're not in control or you know um you know you're going to make it through this day or i mean all of all of the different things that just remind you that you're not alone that um just the hope you know that's what and i did Incognito motion. There isn't too many people that that know that I actually run motion. I've I've kept that very low key over the years, and uh, that's because that uh, that glory goes to God, not me. Amen. Well, and, and that's, yeah. I, I've really tried to work hard to keep the identity of who's behind motion incognito, just for that fact. Is you know I'm 
I'm an alcoholic. I'll always be an alcoholic. Uh, do I want the accolades? You're damn straight. I do. I want all the, sure. I want all the credit. I want all the glory. And I have to remind myself that it's not my glory. It's not my glory. So the best way to do that is to not basically divulge who is behind Moshe. Right. Well, I appreciate the fact that you were willing at this point in time because I think it's all I, I hear I I one hundred and fifty percent hear what you're saying because I feel the same way about purpose driven sobriety. Um, right, and you and this, I have talked about that a was, little bit. Yeah, this was not my idea. Um, you know, it came down to I ain't paying for it because I knew that I would make it about me because I'm still just as selfish and self centered as I was eleven years ago. If I'm yes. not, if I'm not careful, and so, now the only dis I say disadvantage is that I have to be a part of it in the sense that it's my voice or in this case, the, the video as well. But I, I, I it, it's hard, dude. It's hard not to make it about me. It is. It is. It's, I mean, it's, it really is to just, you know, so when, when someone goes, Oh, I'm so proud of you. There is this little tinge of guilt that I feel that it's like, eh, don't, don't give me that because I'll take it. I will take right. all those accolades and I will, you know, puff up my chest and and I'll take all of that credit when you know when in my world God's going ah, 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 that's mine absolutely stay out of the way if you want to see if you want to watch all the cool sh- I don't think God's saying if you want to see all the cool shit happen but if <laughs> I want to see all the cool shit happen I have to keep my hands off of it you know and, right. and that's man that's hard gosh dog that's hard it is it's a and it's a hard line and I've uh I struggled with that in, until about a year ago, and then I, I decided that, well, it's okay for people to know that I run motion. It, it's not okay for me to take that for my own self-centered ambition. Well, I think it's also important, Chris, that they that they see that that um that you're you're just a guy you're just you're yeah. you're not you know you're not some CEO or or you know uh, uh, Fortune 500 Facebook you know guru sitting in a in a million dollar house and you know which maybe in California you are but in Texas you know what I mean um but that you're that you're you're just a guy you're just as fallible as they are you're you have the same problems you you know but you're doing such a great thing that so many people are benefiting and God is using you. That's where, you know, um, I, it's, it's such a different kind of pride because I have such pride in, in, in the show purpose driven sobriety, but it's not a pride that I own, right? It's a pride that, that I'm just so proud that God saw fit to use me to do whatever he's going to do with, with this. And, and that's what I see you doing with motion it's like I, right. I'm I've, never, see that. I've never done anything like this before. I've never gone on a podcast. I've never reached out to any pages. And, and so I'm very grateful that uh, God put us together. Uh, hopefully in the future, we can do more, more of this and have more topics. Oh, 100%. And I would, uh, I'm, I'm grateful to see where God takes us. Right. You know what? I think, I think that, I think that souls and I I don't want to get too deep here, but I do anyway. Um, I I think that souls just crave honesty and truth and just real. They crave that. They may not know it, but they crave it. And when they see it, they migrate towards it. Hence the, the, the success of motion and hopefully what will be the success of what God's doing with purpose driven and, and just to be a part of that is such a privilege. It's just a privilege. Yeah. It's awesome sometimes, isn't it? It is, it is, but it's, and it's humbling. It's very, very humbling. But if, you know, I say this, and I feel like I say it almost every show, you know, if, if, if God did all of this and, you know, because I have a day job, just like you do, right? I have, I have, I have a job, but this, this has been encompassing, um, for me. And, um, what I've said is if, 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 and I know that it's reached numerous people, but I, I, I've said if it, if, if it helps one person get into recovery or, or stay sober or, you know, and it, and it has, then it's all worth it. It's all worth it. And it's up to God. I mean, it's just up to God to do with it as he sees fit. So. 
And uh, I'm, I'm grateful that we can use technology to reach those people. Right. Because like you said, if it, if it helps one person, and I've had uh, numerous, numerous messages of people message me and said, you know, that's your post is exactly what I needed to hear. You exactly. No, you have no idea how much I needed to hear this right now. Is, <laughs> isn't that cool when you hear that? Exactly. Oh, and at, man. And at 3.38 in the morning when I'm scrolling through all of my saved posts from the last seven years and I just happened to find this one and be like, yeah, that's, that's good. That's good. That one resonates with me. And, and for somebody to message me and say, this is exactly what I needed to hear. This is what I'm going through. Thank you. And it's like, go, yeah, God, and, go. And it's, it's mm. worth it. That that's, that's part of me giving back when, you know, if I'm working full time, I can't necessarily give back the way that I want to give back. Right. And so this is my, this is my way of my service work. Contributing. Yep. To the solution. And, and the beautiful part about motion too, is that the, you know, it's, it's not geared just towards in any way, shape or form people in recovery. It's just life, man. Life just beats the shit out of everybody. You know, we all need encouragement. We all need hope. You know, we all get in despair and get in our heads and our feels. And um, we need to be reminded that we're not alone, that um, we're not in control, and we don't have to carry. You know, so many so many times you hear people say, gosh, I'm just so tired. And it's like, yeah, you're tired because you're carrying around all kinds of shit that doesn't belong to you. You know, yes. all of the things that you think you have control over and you don't, you just put them down. You know, so just yeah, you're trying simple, to drive. You're trying to drive in all four lanes when you just need to stay in your own lane, or get in the bicycle lane for God's sakes. You know, or, or something like that. I mean, my goodness, you know, but or just, pull over and take a nap. Amen. Or just the simple reminder of like, oh, and I, I still need that all day, every day. It's like, oh yeah, that's right. That's why I'm feeling like shit. It's because I'm trying to control whatever situation. And just a, a right. small reminder like that that I see that you know that you you post it just kind of snaps you back into reality, you know, and, and gives you the peace again, maybe, you know, just, just peace. And that's all I ever wanted. That's all I ever wanted in, in my worst of worst times, seizures and all. It's like, I just, I just want peace. Simple. I, I wanted simplicity. Yeah. I wanted to be okay. My, my sick mind made everything so fetch and complicated and, I just wanted simplicity mm-hmm. and it keeps it's, it's work to keep things simple. You know, it, we hear that is, a lot. Keep it, it, keep it simple. Funny? Well, it takes work to keep things Golly. simple what because is it? sometimes you have to tell somebody and point way over there and say, you know what? It's Quint. That's where you go take your bullshit. Right. Cause I'm not, I'm not having it in my life. Right. Boundaries. And that take, takes work. That takes effort. That takes courage. To tell someone that, listen, I don't, I'm not going to have this in my life. My life is simple today and, and your bullshit is not simple. Right. So I can love you, but I can love you from way over there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, it's a complicated little life, Mr. Chris, I'll tell you. It is. It can be. But I'm just so grateful. I'm, I'm so grateful that we have a solution. Um that, uh, you know, uh, that we can lean into and find that peace that, that uh, so many people are dying to find, literally. Yes, killing themselves trying to find it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Feel that God-shaped hole. Mm-hmm. Well, I am so grateful to you for joining me and just sitting down and talking to me. I think you're fabulous. And um, thank you. Thank you. And I, I appreciate, I appreciate your show. I appreciate what you're doing and thank you very much for having me on. Well, I've, it's been a, it's been a pleasure. It's, it's this def- has been fun. We need to do that. We need to do this again. We're talking about doing a round table soon, uh, getting a couple of people together and, and yes. drawing topics out and talking, you know, just kind of life topics that can help everybody. And, and that would be just, awesome. I yeah. would be, uh, I'd be honored to come back on here again. That would be amazing. You enjoy the rest of your day, and we will talk soon. Thank you, and uh, thank you again for having me on. I appreciate you. My pleasure, sir. God bless you. God bless you. All right. Take care. Take care. Thanks for listening to Purpose Driven Sobriety. 
Thanks for listening to Purpose Driven Sobriety. Keep coming back.